Michael. Okay, this concludes our mic check. Just wanted to make sure it was working. <laughs> All right, good morning. Welcome to Living Word Bible Church. My name is Katie Hessler. Jonathan Noyes is a former atheist who used to think that belief in God was unwarranted and irresponsible. But then, after he examined the evidence for Christianity, he was faced with the fact that Jesus actually is who he says he is. And the fact that the Christian worldview tells the story of reality. John has since developed a series of passionate talks because he's been passionate about engaging the culture with well thought out reasons as to why people should trust the Christian worldview. So our content today is exclusively his. With that, we're going to discuss four common but unhelpful responses to the exclusivity of Christ. The most offensive part of the gospel and the most common objection to Christianity proper is that there, the idea that there's only one way to God, and that's Jesus. It's offensive because it seems arrogant, bigoted, and narrow-minded. The claim is often met with four common, but again, unhelpful responses. They might sound legitimate, but they aren't. And here's why. Number one, have you ever heard someone say it's intolerant or you're arrogant for thinking you're right? Has anyone ever heard that? Believing you're right about something does not make you intolerant. A simple illustration makes this clear. Imagine you have a friend who goes to the doctor, okay? The doctor tells your friend, you have cancer and you need to have an operation. Your friend responds, you're mean. What would you think of your friend if they ignored their doctor's advice because they thought the doctor was mean to say that they had cancer? You'd probably think that the comment was silly or even foolish. It's silly because it's not mean to give a diagnosis that someone doesn't like. It's foolish because even if the doctor is mean, he still could be right. So that's two separate issues. Your friend could still have a deadly disease. The response, you're intolerant or you're arrogant to the claim that Jesus is the only way to heaven, boils down to the same thing. And that's you're mean. You're mean for saying that. It's also silly and foolish. Just because someone doesn't like a spiritual diagnosis, that doesn't mean that the Christian has a character flaw. That could be true, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And there's always the outside possibility that the Christian might be right. The intolerant challenge is just a way of ignoring or dismissing the claim by attacking the Christian. Whenever the challenge is about the person and not the view, you know it's aiming at the wrong target. This is a, does anyone remember what kind of fallacy that is? Attacking the man? Ad hominem, yes. It's an ad hominem fallacy, it is not a valid response. As Christians, we believe that people are dying of the disease of sin and that radical surgery must be performed by Jesus. Again, this doesn't necessarily, if you want to take this route, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're right, 
but it does show that simply dismissing our claims on the grounds of alleged intolerance or arrogance misses the point. It's a trick, so don't be fooled by it. Everyone in the discussion thinks he or she is right about the view that they hold. But notice, the Christian is always faulted for thinking they're right. Though the non-Christian is actually doing the same exact thing when they correct the Christian. Now, the Christian may be arrogant, but it's not because they think they're right. That's a different issue. Let me give you a quick example of that. When I was a sophomore in uni, in Bible college, I went with a friend to the movie theater. And we saw this movie, I think it was called Jesus Camp. It was documentary style. It followed this group of very radical, um, I wanna say they were Pentecostal, but like very extreme youth who every year would go to this Christian camp in somewhere in the um, Western United States. And the, the camp was located at a place called Devil's Lake, which is just ironic. And it followed this camp. And again, it was very extreme, very radical. And the documentary was done in a style that basically made fun of not only the people, but also what they're ultimately believing. I was really upset as to how it was portraying all Christians to look. I was 20 years old. And as we were walking out, there was this group of girls walking out ahead of us. And they were laughing hysterically and saying, oh my gosh, Christians are so stupid. How can they believe such crap going on and on and on? And because I felt so personally attacked and in my immaturity, I turned to my friend and I said, well, they're going to hell. Now that was arrogant, immature, unkind. The list goes on and on of things. Now, if I were in that exact situation today, my response would likely be very different. Um, but there's an example of, yes, I may have been right in my beliefs, but I was very arrogant in how I was attempting to express or convey them. So do you see the distinction, the difference between being arrogant as a person versus quote unquote arrogant in your actual belief? Okay, number two, Christians are narrow-minded. Who's heard that? Yes. Okay, this is a variation actually of that first challenge, and it's based on a misunderstanding. The word narrow, it does accurately describe the Christian view, okay? It is narrow. That's just the way it is. The word narrow-minded, though, again, describes the person who holds the view. All truth claims are narrow in that they exclude all other options. But narrow-mindedness has to do with the way the person holds the view. Being narrow-minded is not based on what you believe, but on how you believe it. Simply holding beliefs and perspectives that disagree with other people's beliefs and perspectives does not make a person narrow-minded. There's a difference between holding a view, a narrow view because you think it's true, but then holding that view in a narrow way with blinders on, refusing to consider any other views or evidence contrary to your own view. I have to bring this up again, but flat earthers, that's a very narrow, it's a very narrow view and it's narrow-minded in the fact that they don't consider any other evidence or um, assertions that the world could in fact be round. So we don't dismiss a view because it's narrow, we dismiss it because it's false. 
So calling someone narrow-minded is never going to help you answer important questions about truth. Number three, who are you to say? Have you heard that one? Who are you to say this? Who are you to say that Jesus is the only way to heaven? First, notice that this is always, almost always, a rhetorical question, and it's not genuinely looking for an answer or trying to engage any ideas. Instead, it's a way of just dismissing the claim. Even when it's genuine, it's actually merely a request for credentials. It's the arguments that matter though, not the credentials. You don't have to have your master's in divinity or a degree in apologetics, or you don't have to have gone to any sort of formal school to hold a belief. And yet in our culture today, we're often told the opposite. You can't have an opinion unless you've dedicated your whole life to studying this. That's not true. It's a common response though, and it's often merely an implicit assertion of radical skepticism disguised as a question. What it really means is no one is to say, but this is wrong. The person with the best reasons actually does get to say. Right answers depend on right reasons. We answer difficult questions all the time. And when we're faced with life challenges, we don't say, well, who's to say? As if these are questions that no one can answer. We always need to try to look at the facts and then the arguments to find out what is actually true. And lastly, number four, that's just your truth. This again is super common today. It's probably the most common response to the exclusivity of Christ. But again, it's just another attempt to relativize our views. Think about the statement, that's just your truth. What does it actually even mean? It means the claim is a mere preference, as if I like chocolate ice cream. That's a preference, that's not absolute truth. So the statement misuses the term truth. When I say something is true, I mean it's actually so. Not just because I'm perceiving it to be true, it's actually true. It's a fact. Of course, there's always the possibility that I could be mistaken, but I don't mean to be giving a mere opinion or stating just a personal preference. This challenge, at, to, which when people say that's just your truth, it gets us nowhere because it doesn't say anything meaningful in response to the objective claim. So when Christians claim Christ is the only way, we're expressing a vital detail of our worldview. This is not intolerance, it's not arrogance, it's not narrow-mindedness, and it's more than just our personal opinion. We could be wrong, but only reasoned arguments could reveal that. As always, please remember that an unexamined faith is simply not worth living.